should be the same family. Winning in WoW PvP doesn't require strategy, time, skill, or a brain. It just requires resilience. And techno music. Hello and welcome to Wild Dogs. This is Ghost Dog coming to you on Saturday, the 12th of September. And as it is noon somewhere in the world, you will hear the occasional ice clicking. Uh, I know that uh, last couple weeks ago, the last podcast, I did say I was going to be putting out more regular podcasts, and I do intend on doing that. The only reason that there wasn't one last week is because we went back home to visit the folks. It was a long weekend and drove up on Friday immediately after my shift, and that was about an eight-hour drive, and then we came back on Monday, and that was about seven and a half hours. I cut a little bit of time off there. But yeah, it was a very busy weekend, and there's just no choice. I didn't get a, a chance to record it. And there's it's not like I could record while visiting the folks either, because despite them having, at least they have the internet, and, and they're getting a little bit better, there's just no means for me to actually record there, or do any kind of recording that I, I, I want to be doing while I'm there. And, and it's nice to get away as well. There was no gaming over the weekend. There was no nothing um, related to the normal grind that you go through when you're an adult who has a full-time job and a, a family man. So it was nice to get away and just kind of chill out with folks and uh, take it easy and have some fun. The biggest news this week is actually not... Well, it is kind of WoW-related, but a lot more to it than that. As some of you know, I've been working on my little lore site. It's not just lore, it is news about story-driven games and whatnot. It's uh, at fortofthelore.com. Now, right now, there's not as much on it, but that's because I've been a little busy doing other stuff behind the scenes and a lot of other people aren't aware of, one of which being the podcast that I'm going to be starting for it. I'm very fortunate that I'm going to be starting a podcast with a couple of fantastic guys, and we talked it over, and we all kind of agreed on what type of podcast it is that we would want to be working on, and it just, it seemed to fit too damn good. And one of the things is, we want something that is very story-driven, in that if it's not about necessarily the gameplay so much as it is the game design, the manner in which the quests go, the, the actual quest. So if you're just the type of player who doesn't even bother to read the quest and just goes out and shoots the shit out of everything, you may not be quite as interested. But for anyone who cares about the lore, who cares about the story behind games, you will find this a fantastic podcast to listen to. We're going to be covering a variety of games over a variety of consoles. In fact, all of the consoles. I know that myself, I own all of them. And the other two guys, I think if they don't own them all, <laughs> damn near. And just so that we get this out as well, the other two guys will be, of course, Joe 
known as Ledger ZJ on uh, on Twitter, and who writes as well for uh, World of Maticus. He is the resto shaman expert there. And then we have Spooner, who is Spoon at Spoon Wolf on Twitter, and his site is Spooncraft, which is a fantastic site with tons of news, a uh, lot of Again, story-driven news lore as well. They're both heavily drenched in lore and in game the, the, the game design of a variety of different games. And like I said, we're going to be covering different consoles as well. I personally have the PS3, the Wii, the, the 360. I have a PSP. I have, well, hell, we get three DSs in the house. I game on the iPhone as well. Hell, we still have our legacy Xbox, PS2, and Nintendo 64 hooked up. We are a gaming family. And I know that Joe and Enrique Spooner also game on a variety of platforms. The thing is, is that story-driven games are on all platforms. It's not just MMOs or RPGs. Although you get the RPGs on consoles as well. But even first-person shooters, when it pertains to again, story-driven quest lines or or even story-driven gameplay, we will cover that, case in point, being Left 4 Dead series, uh, things like that. Straight-up shooters and racing games and all that, obviously we won't cover that, but anything that is, for the most part, story-driven, we'll cover. And we're also going to cover different other kind of role-playing experiences, whether it's role-playing, fan fiction. Uh, I know that Joe is old-school D&D player as well. We're going to cover a lot of that stuff, and I cannot wait to get started. And for those of you who are curious, we are actually going to be recording it on a bi-weekly basis. So that is so that it does not interfere with all of our schedules, and so that it does not interfere with my other podcasts. It will not interfere with WoW Dogs. It is completely different from WoW Dogs, whereas WoW Dogs is just more or less a place for me to rant and bitch and complain and y'all listen and laugh at me, or to bring on guests and we, we duke it out over different topics. That's a whole different aspect of my personality in terms of gaming. I like to rant, I like to have fun and things like that. And then there's the other aspect, which is the writer in me who appreciates stories and whatnot. So this is going to balance the both out, but make it so that listeners who fit whatever kind of personality can listen to those podcasts. I still intend on putting out Wad Dogs, same as normal, it will not be affected. The For the Lore podcast will be bi-weekly and it will actually be recorded live. We'll be recording on Mondays at 7 p.m., and that is Eastern Time, which means that if you're from somewhere else, you do the math because I'm not doing it. And then the pre-show will start at quarter two. So basically, if you want to log into the stick cam, you can log in at quarter two. You're going to hear us shoot the shit for a little while, joke around with you guys, and then we actually start the recording at seven. Pardon me a moment. So that is starting up this Monday, the 14th. Now, this podcast is probably going to come out tomorrow, which will be Sunday, which means you're going to get very little notice, but I've also been advertising it on Twitter and other places. We're trying to get as many people as we can to that first recording just so that we can have some fun with it. So that, again, is kind of WoW-related because we'll be touching on WoW as well. It's it's almost impossible to touch to have a, a story-driven podcast that's about RPGs and MMOs without discussing WoW to some degree. But we'll also be discussing 
other games such as the brand new Aeon, which hasn't actually come out yet, so it still has that brand new smell, but it is in the open beta right now. I've played in the closed beta, as has Spooner, and so we've got a lot of insight in that. And it's going to be interesting to discuss the similarities between Aeon and WoW and what each can learn from the other. It's obvious that Aeon's learned quite a bit from WoW and it's taken elements of it, but that's not really to say that it's trying to emulate WoW in very much the same way that WoW took from other games beforehand. So again, it's going to be very interesting. I encourage you all to listen on Monday the 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The big news this week as well is we've already discussed the faction change and I've posted what my thoughts are on this. I I wrote about it on For the Lore. You can go and check. And the title of the post was something along the lines of consequences in gaming or something along those lines. What I was talking about is how Blizzard has changed the game in such a way that there are very few consequences now to choices that you make. It's very easy to... um, change anything that you have originally decided and so there's a lot less consequence it's no longer your horde your horde your alliance your alliance you're an orc you're an orc you made that choice if you level to the max level then suck it up bitch that's who you are if you want to change it roll an alt that's what we all do and just by the way the they post is titled consequences versus the almighty buck The thoughts that I have on it are pretty straightforward in terms of I don't agree with it. It's very much about just making money, especially when you consider the fact that the faction change costs 30 fucking bucks. And then for the most part, you're not going to be staying on that realm anyways. doesn't matter that they've opened up the realms for PvP wherein you can be either class now on the same realm. You're, the, the whole point of this is that they're trying to make it so that you can go and play with your friends who are, you know, horde on another realm, on Juratar, or Juratan. Well, you're stuck on Lightbringer. Well, it's all well and good that you want to go play with them, but you're going to have to do the transfer of realms as well, which brings the grand total up to 55 dollars 55 fucking bucks so that you can do this don't try and tell me that this is a service to me and that i should be thankful that i have this oh thank you blizzard i appreciate it no no i don't appreciate it it goes against everything that the game stood for initially but it fits perfectly in with what the game has become which is just catering to people's everybody's little demands of wanting to have it all it's like catering to a teenage melodrama queen that wants it all and will bitch and complain until she gets it that's what this feels like they're giving us all but of course they're going to make money at it as well Everything is costing money now for us. And so, again, it's not a matter of me feeling like they're doing me a service. No, they want to dip into my pocket is what it boils down to. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, I leveled it up to 80. All that time would have been wasted. I want to be playing with my friends. That's all well and good. Fine, then. You know what? If you can't roll an alt and do it all over again, whatever. But the point is, is that that you did it. And it's not like the money is wasted. You paid money to game. You got to game. There should be consequences to actions. It's consequences to actions that make games fun, that make it so that you can, you can 
what you decide in the game has an impact and a long-term impact. If you decided to play a certain class, a certain race, that's your choice. And then you could roll an alt if you want. Now, that being said, I have paid to transfer. I see that a little bit differently because it is a straight up transfer to go and play with your friends, but you're staying, it's the same class, the same race and, and everything else. And again, that's a hell of a money grab and it bothers me how many times I've done it to play with friends and I'm almost at a point where I'm not going to be doing it anymore because I'm tired of giving Blizzard this much money. So when it just happened recently where I decided I was going to be playing with some friends on another realm for a little bit, I made a baby alt because I'm not paying Blizzard another 25 or 50 bucks to move over a couple of characters that I'm not playing now because I'm not playing with those people anymore. But this is different. The faction changes are really different because, again, it is a flavor of the month. Who do I want to be now? And to add insult to injury, now they're going to be adding race changes. So now... You can be anything, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I give it only a matter of time before they open up all classes to all races as well. Which then means it doesn't matter what you pick. It's All it's going to do is change the way you look. They're making it far too generic and far too easy to change whatever you want. And by the sound of it, the race changes. It's not far down the road either. A blue post this week was... Um, and I quote, a race change is only a significantly more simplistic. Oh, sorry. A race change is only a slightly more simplistic te technological. Oh, my God. Okay, this is going to be going in the outtakes. Let's try this again. A race change is only a slightly more simplistic technical process than a faction change. Given that, it was pretty important to get the conversion framework for the faction change service developed first before offering additional services like race changes. So they knew all along they were going to be doing this. Once again, I, I don't agree with it. I think that if you made your choice, you made your choice. Now, part of that too is that I play this game to play the game. I don't play the game because I want to pew pew or heal or whatever. It's the whole game. If I wasn't interested in the lore of the game, the stories, the quest lines and everything else, I wouldn't play it. But the fact is, like I said in my blog post as well, this is, as many people have said, World of Warcraft. It's not just, it, it's supposed, there's supposed to be an animosity between the factions. And there is. How much animosity is there going to be when you faction change over, you stay on the same realm, and you're going into battlegrounds or whatever against people that used to be in your guild that are just buddies of yours? It changes the whole aspect of the game we're in. It's just about having fun now and not about that angst that you have against each other. And I think that that angst is actually important. Not to sound like, again, I know that people will say, it's just a game, take it easy, yeah, 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 yeah. shut the fuck up. I know it's just a game, but if you're going to immerse yourself in a game, and in that game lore, the game world entirely, then you are going to hate the other faction. Now, this is not as noticeable if you're playing on a PvE realm. I've leveled alts on both PvP and PvE, and I will tell you with great certainty that it's just not the same. That level of animosity certainly is there, but it's not the same as when you're playing out of a P PvP realm where you get 
ganked repeatedly by the opposite faction. That hatred builds. And if you're very loyal to one faction, it builds to very high levels. And it's fun. Now, I've played both factions, obviously, as I've said, and I hazard to say pretty much equally. I Up until not that long ago, I was playing Alliance quite a bit. Before that was Horde. Now I'm back to Horde, and I've been playing Horde now for quite a few months quite serious seriously but it is again on a pve realm and i am although right now i'm doing a lot of battlegrounds so you get a little bit of the animosity but it's not the same as leveling a tune through stranglethorn veil on a pvp realm and getting ganked time and time and time and time again and then when you're high enough level going back for revenge there's something to be said about that but again if you're just going to be bouncing factions anyways at some point that animosity can't be there. It simply cannot. So they are destroying something that is very, very important, I think, to that world. And it's too bad. And the same is going to be true of race changes to a lesser degree. Yes, you'll be still part of the same changes or same faction, but there again is the that aspect of no consequences to the choices that you made early on. If you chose to be a night elf, that's what you chose to be. Suck it up and be that. But perhaps that's just me. Other news this week is the new changes in the PTR, the 3.2.2. There's some new things going through right now. Um, armor penetration rating, the armor, the amount of armor penetration gained per point of this rating has been reduced by 12%. I think they're getting ready for the whole stats changes with that. And you're going to be seeing a lot more of that up until the actual changes, I believe. They're also making some big changes to Death Knights. There was a blue post about this where they said the damage of Scourge Strike is appropriate given that it ignores armor. We aren't going to unnerf the damage. All of the 3.2.2 changes were just to get Unholy DKs to put down the Obliterate button, which, as I've said several times now, was a pretty big deal on these forums for a few weeks, which is not to say you should make a really big deal of anything you want to change. Again, here's Blizzard deciding how people should play their class. I think it's naive to think that they don't do this or that they won't continue to do this, but they decide what is the best spec for you to have. The concept that you can be any spec at endgame is naive. They decide what they want you to play, and that's what you play. It's as simple as that. They're also working on hunters. The changes with the hunters are the beast within. The duration of this talent has been reduced to 10 seconds. In addition, hunters with this talent will do 10% additional damage at all times. And bestial wrath, the duration of this talent has been reduced to 10 seconds. Now, the blue post on this is, it should be no surprise to anyone who has been on these boards for a long time that we're trying to chill out abilities that convey offensive and defensive bonuses with the same button press. At the same time, beast mastery damage was a little low and too dependent on the pet well, that's what it's supposed to be anyways with this change hopefully bestial wrath becomes more of a defensive ability while taking beast within will boost hunters and just the hunter damage at all times i call it more of a defensive cooldown because it now breaks all cc or crowd control like a pvp trinket so they give an example of send your pet into a rage. Or hold on a second here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, send your pet into a rage, causing 50 additional damage for 10 seconds, down from 18. While enraged, the beast does not feel pity or remorse or fear, and it cannot be stopped unless killed. The tool tip doesn't say this, and now it and it now breaks all forms of CC that a PvP trinket will break, including cyclone sap, etc. 
Now, this is where it gets interesting as well, is that you're having it a lot more classes now that can break CC without a trinket. I mean, any kind of class that's a human can. What's the point of crowd control in battlegrounds or arenas if any class can break out of it? I'm seeing way too much of this. I, I Yes, I can remember back in the day where the warlocks were kings simply because they could chain fear you forever kind of thing. But there were still ways around that, and namely a nice little stunlock rogue. But at least you knew what you were up against and you knew that those abilities were useful if you played that class. Whereas now, almost anybody can break out of any kind of crowd control. So they go on here, we got a quote, that increases all damage you deal by 10%. And while your pet is under the effects of bestial wrath, you also gain, you also go into a rage causing 10% additional damage and reducing mana cost of all spells by 20% for 10 seconds, down from 18. While in rage, you do not feel pity or remorse or fear and you cannot be stopped unless killed. So the changes are duration lowered, passive hunter damage buff added, and it now breaks all forms of crowd control. So again... Does a hunter really need this? I don't know. Somebody else who's upset too are the shamans. The enhancement shamans, which is what I play. Earthen power no longer causes earthbind to pulse a persistent snare immunity aura. It does still remove snares from allies as an instant pulse, but there is no lingering immunity. Earthen power now also brings Earthshock's melee attack speed reduction up to minus 15% and minus 20% with one or two points in it, respectively. There's a lot of enhancement shamans that aren't very happy about this, but again, this is Blizzard deciding how they want to play you. I've played enhancement shamans in battlegrounds and in arenas, and I can tell you that it is not that much fun, and there are few abilities that we can bring to the table fewer and fewer because of things like this where they're nerfing you. The other change, which is a big one for me simply because right now I'm doing a lot of battlegrounds for my gear, is the battleground queuing changes. I'm going to just go through it here. Players may now only queue for no more than two battlegrounds at a time, which I'm assuming this is their way of controlling instances because they're having such a hard time with instances. I could be wrong, and if I am, please feel free to correct me. This sucks because I want to be able to jump in in as many as I can right now to be able to also bounce between them if I need to. The fact is, is that they designed it in such a way that you can bounce between them if one of them is quite obviously sucking. And if you are in a battleground and you bounce into one that's already damn near done and you're going to lose anyways for the most part i'm not sticking around if it's really close i'll stick around just to get my my token but for the most part no i'll bounce into another one if it because i want to play i actually want to do the battleground so to be limiting us to two well means that you're going to bounce into one and then you only have the choice of whichever one comes in if another one comes while you're playing i don't like it uh, yes, that's their way of controlling it for PvE, but it sucks for PvP. 
The time a player has to enter a battleground when selected has been reduced to 40 seconds when not already in battlegrounds and 20 seconds while in when in a battlegrounds. This does not give you the option of waiting for a little while to see whether or not you want to get in, but it is so that they control they can control point number four, which before we get that though, point number three is players already in a battlegrounds can now choose enter battle from a new battleground for a new battleground under any circumstances whether they're dead in combat falling etc so basically that 20 seconds sometimes you used to have to well you do have to wait now because you're either in battle and you're you have to wait until you're out before you can select the new battleground or you are dead and you have to wait for a res things like that so this will allow you to just bounce in immediately so yeah that's not quite as bad but the fact remains that it'd be nice if we still had the time but they're not giving us that time because a new grant Point number four, a new battleground will not launch until the maximum number of players on each side are in the queue, i.e. 40 players per side for Alterac Valley. So basically, this is their way to really control how many open up because you're going to be waiting now a lot longer. The good side is, and and it's kind of a double-edged sword, you're not going to get into a battleground where either you are the minority and get your ass handed to you on a silver platter or that you are the majority and you get your very fast three tokens. There's something to be said about that though. It's nice when you can bounce into a battleground and I will say quite simply that I don't care if I'm on the lower end side or I'm on top or I'm on the bottom. I don't care as long as it's done fast. And when you are grossly outnumbered or you are grossly outnumbering the competition, it's a fast battleground. I don't care. Pound my ass into the ground. I will dance while you do so. Let me get my token and get the fuck out. Whatever. That's fine. But by doing this, they're not going to be controlling how many instances are opening for the battlegrounds, which is going to greatly increase, I would say, how long it takes for you to get in them. I am going to be trying to get as much honor as I can until this happens so that I don't have to be waiting forever. For a battleground especially seeing as i'm only going to be able to take two at a time now this sucks i'm not happy about it but fuck all i can do about it um that being said too i talked about my complete hatred of isle of conquest before i did mention it on for the lore as well and i talked about how much i hate it that being said i was actually at home yesterday i had a sick day and i was able to play for a while and the horde were doing phenomenal. I could not believe it. Whereas we normally were losing all the time there, we got on a winning streak. And I played for the most part all day while I was doing some other stuff. And we won. I lost all but one game. I made 83 <laughs> conquest tokens yesterday. It was fantastic. Capped out at 75,000 my honor and went and bought myself some gear. So it was a pretty good day for that. I still am not crazy about it. And I don't really like it at all. But if you're playing with a group of people that really know what they're doing and how to play it, hint, take the fucking docs, people. If you know what you're doing, wow, it is so fast, it's unbelievable. And if you are a group of guys that actually are working together, which most games we were, everybody was out to do the same thing. It was great. So yeah, no, very, very cool. In terms of blue posts this week that I really loved, there was some people bitching about 
Blizzard's favoritism of Alliance versus Horde, which completely contradicts Leslie's opinion from the Group Quest 3, which, by the way, if you guys don't listen to Group Quest, which is the podcast that Medris puts out from All Things Azeroth, please go and listen to it. Yours truly was on episode number three, which was released, I believe, last week. We had a fantastic time, funny as hell, and it was great, but at one point, Leslie thought that she believes that the Horde have biased, or I should say that Blizzard has a Horde toward, let's try this again, Blizzard has a bias towards the Horde in that they prefer the Horde over the Alliance. Somebody posted, however, that they feel on the forums at Blizzard, that they feel that Blizzard has a bias towards the Alliance and treats them better. It was funny because the response from Zerheim, Zerheim, whatever, is that because the the poster at one point says, on a side note, the Trial of Champion drops, why does the Alliance get an offhand item that looks like an ever-flowing pimp cup while the Horde version is a stick? In fact, most of the Horde drops look fugly while the Alliance gear is awesome. And his response was, that's perception and taste, not fact. Maybe you should play Alliance. That is second only to, however, somebody bitching about Death Knights and how they feel that Death Knights are being nerfed again. And they go on to say, you know, it doesn't matter. The PvE DK is of no importance. It is time you guys grow to understand and move, uh, understand this and move on. To which the blue posts, sorry, but I have to lull at this one. I think most of the classes with, would argue DKs have been lavish with attention compared to them. That doesn't mean you can't point out any concerns you have about the class, but comments like this feel pretty much out of touch with the history of Wrath of the Lich King. DKs were the best tanks and arguably the top DPS for more of the expansion. You still can find the situations where you can outdamage pure DPS classes. This is QQ. Oh, ghost crawler. How I love Lee. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. The other news is the new loot cards that are coming out from um, the Upper Deck Company. They are from the Scourge War set. There are three loot cards, same as normal. There's the common one is going to be Tiny, which is a mini mount for 50 uses. And it actually looks damn cool. So you should not have too much of a problem finding that. And then there's a Tuscar Kite. Anybody who checks out the zones um, in, in North Rend will see them all over the place. And they're very, very cool looking. So it's going to be kind of fun to, to fool around with us. Which then brings us to our, oh my fucking God, drop of the week, courtesy of Upper Deck. The rare loot card is going to be the Spectral Kitten Mini Pet. The spectral cats in this game are getting more prevalent. You have the actual mount, and then you have the sandbox cat. Now there's the mini pet. You gotta see this thing. It is so goddamn cool, and I want one. If anybody wants to donate one to me, because I'm so swell, go ahead. But yes, it is pimped out. Fucking cool is what it is. And if I can possibly get my hands on one of those, oh man, I will have it out all the time that's going to wrap it up for this week you can check out the show notes at wowdog.com and if you want to reach me of course you can send an email to wowdogs at gmail.com you can also follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash wowdogs that's it hold on a second oh that was a good one moving right along